Tailgater Sports. That's right, everybody. You heard it. It is another episode of Tailgater Sports. We are so happy you found this podcast, however you found it, wherever you are listening to it. My name is Eric Roberts. Some people call me Nick Soundwave. It doesn't matter what you call me. This guy right over there, he's a Green Bay Packers fan. His yeah. name is Randy. What up? He's also a Ducks fan and a Dodgers fan, in air quotes, some people <laughs> like to say. And we have a third guy on the podcast. He's a Falcons fan, which, by the way, they you. didn't lose this week. It was a bye week, but hey, it's not a loss. Take what it's, you get, right? It's, it's not a loss. Like I said, we're, we're coming up. Uh, we could run the table, finish 10 and 6, 9 and 7, and we'll see where that puts us. I did see a graphic on Fox Sports saying that the Falcons at 3 and 5 are still in the hunt, and that's all I need. I we're, hate we're, those. We're good. I, I hate too. those in the hunt graphics, dude. I hate them. And I, you know what I also hate about just this, not so much this time, but just overall, whenever they come out, whatever week it is, is if the playoff started today. Oh, if the yeah, playoffs started stupid. today, the Bills would be the third seed, or if the so-and-so would be the first seed or the second wild card. It's like, well, guess what? The playoffs don't start today, so take this graphic and this click that you want from me so bad and go throw it away because you're not going to get it from me. <laughs> okay, so let's address the elephant in the room. I think it's only fair. I do it to Tyler. I would do it to Randy if it ever happens to him. But let's just address the elephant in the room. Um, let me play this for you guys real quick. Okay, hold on. Did you guys watch it happen live? No. What happened was I saw Buffalo score, right. and then I kind of just like turned it off. I was like, whatever. The, I'm going to go back to doing whatever I was doing. That's the crappiest part about it. And it, then I heard someone, uh, and then I have a friend who's a, who's a Cardinals fan. In the group chat we were in, he put in, oh, my God. Oh, my God. And I was like, what happened? I'm like, what, what's going on? And so then I go on Google, and I look up Buffalo football score, and I see that Arizona took the lead, and I, I was speechless, dude. Like, legit. I was like, how does that even happen? I can't even explain it. So we're watching the ending of the one, the one o'clock afternoon games. And my brother is flipping between uh, San Francisco and New Orleans because he's a massive Saints fan. But something about the Bills Cardinals game kind of has my attention because I know that Eric is a massive Bills fan. And, you know, the game's kind of close. So I'm just like, okay, okay, so let's, let's just leave it on the Bills, see what happens. So Josh Allen drives it down the field. And he throws Dude, a great pass. The play of that was that was the drive yeah. of the season. A crazy yeah. under a minute, I think maybe two timeouts. The play to put the Bills ahead, what was it, 30, 30 to 26, I think is what it made it. Cole Beasley went up and grabbed a one-handed catch. With, yeah, and it was a third down one-handed yeah. catch, which was great on its own. It was own. an amazing yeah. drive, and then it was capped off by Stefan Diggs beating Patrick Peterson in the corner, perfect throw. Like, like the play, that should have been the play of the season right there on so many different levels. And then, sure enough, what they get the ball back with like thirty-four seconds left in the game, the Cardinals. Yeah, but I mean, it's it's Kyler Murray who nothing nothing against Kyler Murray. He's a great quarterback, but he hasn't proven himself yet as far as like, hey, you have ninety seconds, the two-minute drill. I hadn't really seen that from him yet, and all of a sudden he I, I, he snaps the ball, he rolls to the left, he's almost out of bounds, and credit to the Bills' defensive line. Because they were swarming him, but he's just that good. He's just that maneuverable. He's a shifty so he little dude, that. man. Exactly. He he gets out to that, and then he gets to the sideline, and he just chucks it. And I'm watching, and the ball is flying, and it's still in the air, and four people go up for it, 
I couldn't. And even... then I didn't see the ball on the ground. I was like, "Oh my god, DeAndre Hopkins actually got well, the ball." Initially, the play that was devised was supposed to be was modeled after um, Aaron Rodgers' throw to to Jared Cook. Yeah, you read that story. Yeah, yeah. When they took on the Cowboys, the Cowboy. They called the Cowboy. The yeah. Cowboy. Yeah. So the goal was to get to push for as far as possible down the down the field where you can kick a field goal. But uh, Cliff Kingsbury told him, "Like, look, man, if you're going to throw it and you feel comfortable, just chuck it." And I mean, honestly, at that point, like trying it's it's probably more difficult to try to thread the needle and get the guy on that uh on that out route to in order to get in position oh, yeah. the field goal than to just chuck it into the end and zone. And when you got DeAndre Hopkins in the end zone, yeah. I mean, when they went up for the ball, I couldn't even see DeAndre Hopkins. We had three three of the best DBs in the league on him. Trey White, Jordan Poyer, Micah Hyde. These aren't chumps. And they went up and he just oh dude and then there's the picture with his hands just just above everybody else's hands. This tops it off. This is the cherry on just the misery Sunday for me was this quote from DeAndre Hopkins talking about the catch after the game. Check this out. You know, in basketball terminology, this, that's what they call this. You know, somebody get dunked on. But it was on three people. Uh, yeah. Yep. Yeah, it was, um, you know, they were, they were in position. It was just a better catch by I. And the disrespect. What, what 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 makes it even better is that this man was wearing Jordan gloves. All right, elaborate. Why? It's just you. Well, I mean, like like Air Jordan, Michael Jordan. Okay, I was making sure I was like the posterized guy. Okay. Um, I mean, he's he's famous for all his aerial dunks that he's made. Okay, I get that. And of now. course, yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you get it. I'm gonna be the first person to say this. Catches like these. Well, let's not be mistaken. It does take a certain player to do it, but about 85 percent of these is pure luck. Like I will say, Kyler Murray, hell of a throw. But the but uh, if we're being real here, him going up and grabbing it that is a that is literally that's the luckiest catch you'll have in oh, your life. Oh, I mean, yeah, one hundred ten percent. So much has to go right for that play to happen. Kyler Murray scrambles. Kyler Murray scrambles to the left. Kyler Murray stays in in bounds while he's scrambling. He, he doesn't trip that D lineman. He yeah. He there's so much that happens before the, even the pass is thrown. Then he chucks it 45 yards in the air into yeah. the end zone, which isn't an easy throw to do. No. On the on the money to DeAndre Hopkins. I'm more impressed then, by the throw because the throw was on the money. The catch tight, tight spiral. Too. Yeah. The catch. The catch is what was like okay, anyone's anyone's game. But you see it time and time again with defenders who honestly are just trying to avoid having to get that, that interference call so they yeah. don't get all up in and, the face. But it's like if you're going to go up for something like that, especially with the clock running, it, do damn if you do, damn if you don't. If you go up and you get that PI call, then you have the then you're going to have that whole thing going around about how like, well, you know, he would have never caught it anyways. Right. But look, you got in the way and now they got the field goal. And who knows what that leads to? But now it's like you didn't go up. And because you didn't go up. All of sports media, like Shannon Sharp and people, are trashing you, telling you how you had one job and that job was to knock the ball down and you didn't. Yeah, do and it. that's that's what I was going to say. The, the Bills secondary can try to be a little flashy from time to time. Yeah, and that's a situation where they probably were trying to come up with a pick, and they should go ball to the ground, knock the ball away, don't come down with it because look what's going to happen. You got a guy who was I think he was two inches taller than all three of the DBs that are on him, and his wingspan's about like four inches longer. His uh, his hands were they let they posted the measurements like this dude was just all around the bigger, better athlete in that situation and figure three DBs go up trying to go high point a ball with you when you already have two inches in every aspect of them on you. Yeah, like you're you're, you're playing with fire and they got burned real bad. Here, here's the other thing, too, is that the three defenders 
were not scrubs. If I remember correctly, it was Jordan Poyer, Micah Hyde, and Tredavious White, who yeah. are three of the best people at their positions in the league. So it's it's not like he DeAndre Hopkins jumped over these random guys. These are three really good guys, and he just outdid them. Wow, I hadn't I had, I had no idea they were that good. good? But but you know one one of the things though that that I took away from all this though is like okay like let's take. As a Packer fan, there's one catch that always pops into my head. Not, and I'm not talking about the Jared Cook one. I think it was like six years, four, four or five the years year ago. Where Pac, the, the year where Aaron Rodgers threw like five Hail Marys in one yeah, season. Five Hail Marys. <laughs> but the one that always comes to mind is when they're taking on the uh, the Detroit Lions. I think it was like a Thursday night game or maybe might have been a Monday night game. And Rodgers just chucks it, just chucks it as hard as he can. And Richard Rodgers, or Richard Rodgers brings it down. And that, like, that again... I remember that one because it was yeah, Rodgers to Rodgers. It was Rodgers to Rodgers. And that, again, is just another perfect example of what I talk about, what it's like, these catches are impressive, sure. But if you look at, like, the Rodgers to Rodgers throw, that is 100% luck. Like, he tracked yeah. it down. He's like, okay, it's coming to me. Let me and just that's catch what, it. And that's what they're trying to do in most of these situations is give your guy a chance, and you hope your guy comes down with it. A lot of these guys, they want to play the tip above, above everything else. You got yeah. a guy, usually you have one guy go up, and you have a guy or two around the, the scrum just in case it pops loose and they catch it before it hits the ground. But, I mean, DeAndre Hopkins just went up and straight up alpha mailed three of the best DBs in the game. And me as a Bills fan, yeah, I wasn't even that mad. It was a crazy play. The Bills should have won that game. They got it stolen away from him because of a miraculous play on, like, two just premier athletes. They go into the bye 7-3 and three instead of 8-3. and three. It sucks. But as a Bills fan, I'm growing, guys, okay? So I'm not going to take this to heart too personally, okay? You know what this reminds me of? Uh, Bills Texans last year, that that game when they took on the Texans, similar sort of scenario. Deshaun Watson yeah, should have been down, that, scrambled the through sack. It. He did that little spin out, ran yeah. for like thirty yards. I think the moral of the story here is Buffalo can't tackle, nor can they knock a ball down. That should be uh, in the film room. Go get it. Yeah, let's that, get you out to uh, uh, Western dude, New York. Can you man. imagine the the film room for that? Dude. Like knowing these guys, they've been they've been postered all over the internet. You can't turn on ESPN without seeing your face plastered all over. You can't open up Twitter. And they're they're big Twitter guys. People people slandering you, talking bad on your name, talking about how hey, you're washed you know or trash. The season isn't decided in week 10. Learn from it. Grow I from know. it. I mean, look, look, while a loss like this is disappointing, there is something to note here. And that's a lot of the league is in really bad shape. Like a lot of the teams, like I'm surprised how bad some teams are this year. Like it is, it has actually surprised me. But then there's some that are really good, and I'm really, but but there are also some that are almost too good. Like when you when you take into yeah. consideration certain teams, they're they're in a league of their own. Everyone else is good. There's maybe like one or two teams right. that are. But this is the time great. of season where stuff kind of gets weeded out, and you kind of see who's real and who's not. Yeah, which is true. gonna I'm gonna segue into this because I want to talk about it anyways. But it's perfect timing. The Cardinals are following up this. Huge win against the Bills Sunday mm -hmm. night, or not even Sunday night, just the afternoon game. A lot of people watching. Yeah. They beat the Seahawks, what, two, three weeks ago, overtime thriller, mm -hmm. beat the Bills, one of the premier teams in the AFC. They got the Seahawks again this week on Thursday night. So I think this is a, a, what, a month and a half span for the Cardinals where yeah. they might have a little bit of a statement to the league. This like, is, yo, we're for real in the NFC West. This is, this is a make or break game for the Seahawks because oh, if, yeah, the Seahawks, if the Seahawks lose this game, then this is just establishing the tide in which the uh, the NFC West is going. Because yeah. the Niners were supposed to be the top team. Obviously, they succumbed to injuries. The Rams are good, but they're sporadic. They're all over the place. I think the Rams are in a... The Rams play better when they're not the top dog in the division. Like, they play better when they're just sort of... When the they're not man. being hunted. Yeah, they when they're not being hunted. a little bit, yeah. But it's like, 
Arizona shows that they're hungry for it. I mean, Kyler Murray is really the only reason why these guys are even really in the position that they're mm-hmm. in. But the Seahawks were supposed to be the perennial powerhouse of, the, of that of that division too. But it's like every single year, the Seahawks defense progressively gets worse. Yeah, and every single draft. They just they draft weird. Like, Russell Wilson is sense. literally like a life jacket for that organization right now. Who's the backup for the Seahawks? In, I don't think anyone even knows. Who knows in any position. Because the only person that matters on the Seahawks is Russell Wilson. Yeah. I mean, yeah, sure. The Seahawks will look, the thing with Seattle is they will deceive you into thinking that they've got it all figured out because they pick up Jamal Adams. They get uh, that one dude from Cincy who I can't remember right now. And so you're Dunlap. Under, yeah, Dunlap. So you're under the impression that the, they've got it all figured out. They know what they're doing. But the reality is, with the exception of maybe three guys on the defense, everyone's a liability. And then on the offense, the running backs can't stay healthy. The offensive line is not that great. And with the exception of, like, what, DK Metcalf? Who are your receivers? Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah, great. Uh, what's his name? Had one game where he scored four touchdowns in one half. Sick. First time in, like, what, five years? Yeah. They, you know what I mean? So it's like, I, I understand the strategy or or not even the strategy actually i understand what people are thinking and that's everyone's still in the legion of boom mentality not when you only have jamal adams out there floating by himself yeah and and, but but see the thing is everyone is so used and accustomed to pete carroll seahawks being good the the harsh reality of them of the sun setting on them is kind of unsettling for them or it's difficult for them to understand like yo dude the cardinals are legit they're not bad there are a few things that need to be fixed, a few things that need to be addressed, but they just beat the Bills. They just beat the Seahawks, like you said, and the Seahawks look to be going on a downward slide. Right. It's their division. They take yeah. If they beat the Seahawks, they'll be 2-0 against them. We'll be locked in on the te- in the head-to-head tiebreaker. Yeah. It's a 6-3, and three, three-way tie in the NFC West right now. So win on Thursday, they're sitting pretty on the top. And But here's the thing also to note, though, that the Rams and Cardinals have yet to meet. So the Rams and Cardinals don't play until December. And then early January. So, Dude, there are some good games this week yeah. in general. I know we're but, talking Thursday night, but there are, I think, three or four really good games this weekend. And let's remember two things real quick. Number one, this Seattle team started 6-0, and and they are on the verge of being 6-4. and So they've gone through about a month straight of just absolute losing. And as you guys mentioned, I'll reiterate again, the defense looks absolutely pitiful. And bad. number two, it's bad. And number two, let's pray that Russell Wilson does not get hurt because I happened to pull up the depth chart and the backup is Geno Smith. Oh, Geno Smith. Geno Smith is still there. <laughs> there's your, there's yeah, G- your, he's still Gino the league Smith player of the, the week. League. Oh my yeah, God. Geno Smith. Wow. Cause for the longest time I, I forgot the backup was either Geno Smith or Tavarius Jackson. You know, Recipes. You know, Jackson I haven't thought about a backup QB in Seattle in, I feel like my last 10 years of my life. I, I, you think Seattle? You think Russell Wilson? I haven't looked at before, a QB depth chart in Seattle in years. It before feels like. Russell Wilson was Matt Hasselbeck. Yeah. It, although, although as a Packer fan, I can confidently say that no one in NFL history, in my opinion, or if you if you can think of someone, let me know. No one in NFL history got dicked over more than Matt Flynn. Matt Flynn throws. Matt Flynn throws a single. He breaks the single game passing record for the Packers. He's solid. He shows signs of a leader. <laughs> Uh, he he uh, becomes a free agent, signs with Seattle, and then Seattle freaking drafts Russell Wilson. What a crap luck he had. And then poor guy ended up in Oakland. Oof. Oof. Sometimes, man, the chips just don't fall in your place. He's like, it's like Josh Rosen. You oh, get drafted, yeah. and then you get replaced by Kyler Murray, and then you get drafted, and then you get replaced by 
to a tongue of Viola. We, we should have an episode where we just highlight the the forgotten people. The forgotten, the journeyman. But then you could be like Ryan Fitzpatrick and you become a journeyman that's just really good for some reason and you steal a bunch of money from yeah, a bunch of organizations. Yeah, but that's such abnormal. Or like Brock Osweiler who convinced, Brock Osweiler, who yeah. convinced the Houston Texans that he was a he was a franchise quarterback, cashed out fat, and then just you'll dipped like, out. You'll like this one. Nick Foles. <laughs> yeah, Nick Foles, dude. Nick Foles. Everyone's calling him Big Dick Nick, but Big Dick Nick can't throw it, dude. Big Dick Nick has a broken hip, man. I know. <laughs> God, we're doing got nursery slammed. rhymes here. <laughs> Speaking of teams that uh, started off hot and have fizzled out, the worthless Chicago Bears. Yeah, man, that game have, was gross. Uh, I told people, I, I mean, not that everyone really doubted me. They're like, I mean, the, the mentality going into the season was like, look, Chicago's going to do what they always do, and they're going to create this facade, and they're going to lie to the city of Chicago. They're going to lie to the NFL and convince people that they're good, but they're not. And that's exactly what's happening, exactly what's going on. So when we when we look at like the game that occurred the uh, earlier this week versus the Vikings, which was an absolute crap show. It was by so the way. gross, but it was like a car accident, dude. I couldn't turn it off. It, it was, was like it was like an entertaining pop warner game. It was game. ugly. It was beautifully ugly. You ever go to a Bantam Pee Wee Pop Warner game? Like mm-hmm. little kids running around yep. with equipment that's too big for them, but it's somehow entertaining. That's yeah. basically Fumbles, the equivalent of this the game. Chasing the ball. Oh yeah, ridiculous punt returns that should have never been returned, but somehow Cordell Patterson turned back the clock like 10 years and ran it back to the house. Dude, Port, I'll tell you what, if there's one thing that's always guaranteed with the Zimmer coach team is he will rip into his assistants. Good God, that dude ripped the special teams coach a new a-hole. Uh... (laughs) But uh, but but there's one big takeaway that I that I took from this, and we just mentioned it right now with the forgotten people. Can we address the fact that what's his name? Brady Brady Ray or Brady Bray Bray or something? something Bray yeah. something Bray Tennessee's own whatever that dude's name is. Tell look it up. Tennessee's own of uh, something Bray went in for probably what might have been his first ever NFL snaps, even though he's <laughs> been was, in the league for like five fourth years. Career fourth career snap, I think it was. That's unbelievable. And this and this. The Bears are like, hey, man, drive us down the field. Yeah. I think it was one tip pass, one overthrown pass. Yeah, it looked it looked like a guy who hadn't thrown a ball in his entire career. This is, Shout out to uh, Tennessee's own Tyler Bray. Tyler Bray. Tyler there Bray. you go, dude. Tyler Bray went about his day, the majority of his career, accepting the fact that, you know what? I'm never going to start, but at least I'll make a comfortable living playing on the practice squad. And then the coach was like, "Hey, suit up, dude. dude." That's the that's the life, though. I would. I mean, this is probably makes me a little bit of a like a beta male. I know yeah. we're talking alpha male with DeAndre Hopkins earlier, but I would totally be cool with being a lifetime backup QB, man. Yeah, man. Clipboard gang, take some notes. Yeah, backup dude. goalies in the NHL, shot charts. Backup QBs in the NFL, passing. You know, whatever spray charts in baseball. I would love to be the guy that takes notes. Um, what's the guy? Josh Dobbs. The, oh, for the yeah. Packers, he turned his career into a backup for Aaron Rodgers. They're talking about him. Aaron Rodgers goes to him on the sideline. He's like, I trust him. I know what he's doing. He's, he doesn't even suit up. He's just a backup and just, ah, you know, I'm, I'm a clipboard gang. Yeah. So, I, no, the ultimate clipboard gang has to belong to uh, lifelong backup quarterback Chase Daniels has played 11 Chase NFL Daniels. seasons right. with five teams. He's had five career starts. And has thrown seven career touchdowns. Like, and as of at the beginning of the season, uh-huh. this man has made over thirty-four million dollars. Yeah, look up, dude, a backup. Look up these guys. Like every single backup quarterback, the majority of them, they've made it. They've made their way. They're journeymen, mm-hmm. like you said. Yeah. So you know these guys. You got your Matt Moores. You got your for the second. You got your Christian Ponders. You have um. Let's see. I, I like. I know they're in my head. Nathan now Peterman's still in the league. Nathan Peterman's still in the goddamn league. Um, what's his Brent Hundley? I think he's still a thing. Hundley, Deshaun Kaiser. That dude has has no business being anywhere near a football, and he's he's currently on 
the Las Vegas Raiders Dude, roster. Matt Barkley is backing up Josh Allen and That's Buffalo. right. Matt <laughs> Barkley, who was supposed to be a first-round draft pick and then eventually accepted the fact that, hey, maybe I'm better off not getting CT yeah, by man. the age of 35. Backup, dude, people trash backups. You know, you're, never, you're not the guy. You're not the go-to guy. You're not making the, the big money. But you're making more money than almost 90% of the world to, to watch football from the sideline and take notes. So someone actually made a list comprising the 32 best uh, backup quarterbacks going into this NFL season. And while the, the top few of them are actually well-established yeah, yeah. guys, yeah. Matt Schaub is still playing? Matt Schaub is still Matt Ryan's backup. He is still in the What? <laughs> like, are you it's, serious okay. right so now? I, I have followed Matt Schaub's career because he was, this is how he started. He was Michael you're Vick's a football backup. Historian. Yeah. Well, 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 he, well, he was Michael Vick's backup for a long time. So he was a Falcon wow. for a long time. Michael and Vick's Fal- backup? And then the Falcons traded this man to Houston and he had some fairly successful years. Yeah, I remember he had one year that he had one year that was pretty good, right? Squad. Yeah, yeah that's he was right. Like a fourteen and two team. And then what happens? I think he either becomes a free agent or he gets traded back to the Falcons. And this dude is now Matt Ryan's backup. I thought he was in this Oakland for a crazy. while or for a second. Oh, you know, what? I think you are correct. I think he was in Oakland for a bit, but now he's back in Atlanta being the backup quarterback for them. So like, it's I, weird. Man. I can. I would love to talk to a backup quarterback and just ask him, like, hey. Because the, there's a good portion of them where for a split second, they held yeah. the term starter in their hand. Yeah, they usually fail, fizzled out somewhere. Yeah, and they, they deceive the team. Some have gone far enough to deceive a team for an entire season. Bake, uh, Baker, uh, Garner Minshew. But then, uh, <laughs> but then there are others who have like a few. They have like the Jeremy Lin effect where they have like a stretch of good games. And then from then on, people assume that they're, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're smart enough to lead a team to some extent. Dude. That's a that's a sport that you just you just rake in the good life backup on a basketball team. Oh man, you oh, never yeah, see the totally. floor. I know you Ever. don't, and you just private God, jets. The, this, the honestly, Ritz Carlton's in L.A. Like you just and you're just you're just a six six guard behind like you know some rando on, on some random. Speaking rando of uh, six six people, Mike Lennon. Remember when he was supposed to be the guy yeah, in Tampa was, Bay for yep. like a split second? Yeah, he got and he got replaced by was it Jameis? Uh, yeah, I think it was Jameis. Yeah, yeah, I think it was Jameis. Then you have Jameis uh, is a starter now again. By the way, Drew Brees. That's right. He's punctured out. lung. AJ McCarron. I think also AJ McCarron was supposed to be a good guy too out of Alabama. He didn't get a shot. But Alabama is hey, just hey, Aaron, Alabama is you know an example of, of no Alabama is an example of like a backup football school. Like it makes no sense how Nick Saban has somehow comprised year in and year out elite football teams, and yet the majority of the guys that come out of there. Bus. Yeah, QBs don't they're come. Bus. They don't. They, QB, QBs. Running back is not a QB factory. That's for sure. QBs. They're a running great backs. Running back and wide receiver factory, but they cannot. Well, not even. QBs. Well, not. Oh, I mean, I, I haven't been following college football as much as I did before, but for the majority of the time, like the running backs. I mean, Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry. Mark, Mark Ingram. Ingram. Mark Ingram. Uh, Alvin Kamara. Trent for Richardson was, was a thing. Yeah, well, Trent, Trent Richardson was a thing. Trent forgot Richardson, about that, man. But but see, we're or, falling down a rabbit hole right Chip now. Chip Kelly, Oregon teams, nobody decent came out of it. DeAnthony Thomas, um, like Marcus Mariota, and Kiko Alonso. Kiko Alonso, Jesus Christ! That's right. Anyways, back to what we're talking about. The honestly, the you if you have a kid and you think your kid is athletic enough to play professionally, tell them to hey aim high, but not that high. <laughs> Just get in the, the back of shoot spot. for the moon so you fall in the stars. Oh, yeah, Perfect, aim, man. Aim for the moon and you might just fall among the stars or something stupid like yeah. that. I'm like, yo, dude, don't even just back up. Just back up. If you can if you can do practice squad, 
even See, better. But, okay, I'm cool with that. But that means my kid has to be good though throughout like ages, you know, yeah. five well, through you, twenty something. Because if you're backing up, he, if you're backing up in the NFL or in any pro league, you were legit at at most of your life. You just weren't legit when you got to the pros. Because I don't really want to go watch my ba- my kid back up like a pop Warner game or yeah. like a bantam or like a midget hockey game, something like that. I've always thought about that. It's like, what if my kid wanted to be a goalie, but then he was the second best goalie, and I'm going to games and he, he's just sitting on the bench. Ninety percent of the games I'm going to. That would kind of suck. But if you're sitting on the bench taking down shots, getting paid, it kind of kind of takes a sting away. One of the one of the I best mean, things that you have also noticed the backups is a majority of them come from no name schools. Sean Mannion, let, let me remind you, played football at Oregon State. That dude has never been anywhere near a winning team. Now he's a backup on the Rams. And it's like, when in your wildest dreams are you at the very bottom of the Pac-12 standings and you're thinking to yourself, I wonder if I'm gonna have a if I'm gonna play football after someday. This. I'm gonna have a shot at the Super Bowl as a backup, but be uh, playing in this beautiful brand new stadium in Los Angeles, California. Life could be pretty good. But half of these dudes, no lie, get signed onto these teams to be the backups, and that's that's how they make their living. Yeah, that's how crazy, they make man. their life. And then to think about it even more, there's usually one more QB that we're not even seeing that's on the yeah. practice squad that just goes out and gets run over during the week. Jeff Driscoll played football at Louisiana Tech. Jeff Driscoll. And he's fleecing the Broncos for millions of dollars a year. The backup life is a good life. Look at the two Cowboys quarterbacks. Where'd they go to like Louisiana Monroe and James Madison? Oh, yeah, that's like right. Schools that's right. that yeah. apparently completely forgot had football programs, number one. And number two, Eric, I think you know one of these people. Don't you know Brady Quinn? He was, you know, started for a while and my, then turned into a my, backup. Uh, my my best friend, Brady Quinn. Yeah, I worked with yeah. Brady Quinn. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I wonder, I wonder how many he stories he has about being a backup holding the. Uh, holding well, the uh, well, I feel, hey, like, hey, I feel hey, like, hey, hey, let's be nice here. Yeah, I feel Brady Quinn's different though because Brady Quinn was supposed to be like, yeah, and he got he got guy. run into the ground oh, by yeah. a, a crappy coach and a crappy yeah. team. Anyone uh, prior to like 2014, 2015, not you know, like more like 2018. He, got, he had some injury problems, man. His back's like mangled. Yeah, prior to, to 2018, anybody that went to Cleveland was just sent on a suicide mission. Yeah, just Let's to die. Never forget that uh, Brandon Whedon was a thing. Brandon Whedon, <laughs> the 28 year old gunslinger from Oklahoma. They were State. talking about it today on the Woody Show actually because they brought up a uh, Baker Mayfield and uh, all these insurance commercials or what, is it insurance that he's that he's selling all yeah, the time? Progressive it's Hulu. insurance. It's Hulu. So no, he, he does Hulu. Hulu. Yeah. It's, and Hulu it's, the, it's no, there's this, the other one, the Baker Mayfield at home one, where he's like making off the stadium is his house. It's, it's the progressive yeah. ones. And I, so, I will say this: they are somewhat entertaining. Those ones are funny. He's a better actor than a QB sometimes. It's kind of crazy. But um, they brought up a stat today on the Winnie Show that it's like Baker Mayfield officially became the most winningest QB in like what's the what's the stadium in in Cleveland? First Energy. First field, Energy Field. Yeah, he he's officially like the most winningest QB in that stadium. Before that, it was Ben Roth. Roethlisberger. Ben Roethlisberger plays there once a year. Yeah. And he's he's just owned you guys for how long that you finally get your own QB to be the the big dog in your own house. We could run through the list of uh Cleveland QBs that were supposed to be the guy. And dude, I saw it's, it's a long I list. saw Johnny Manziel, Johnny Football in a in a lawyer Instagram commercial today. Hey man, mind your business. <laughs> trying to make you're trying to make money. No, but but I, I do I do oftentimes wonder though, like what would have happened because for a lot of these quarterbacks, man, they get sent to these really just mismanaged franchises. And that's, and that's the problem about being anyone, a really good guy. Anyone can be good with the right coaching staff and the right scheme behind them. Jared Goff didn't win dick in college. First year, absolute garbage yeah, with Jeff Fisher. Yeah, him a bust. And then look, look what the look what look what look now. Yeah, he's, Sean he's McVay. Cons- he's considered. I, I wouldn't go as far as say an elite quarterback, but QBs are set up to succeed in such a different way than they were in the in like previous eras. Yeah. I guess in air quotes, 
you got these schemes, these offensive coordinators that will now base their game around what they do well. Yeah. Mitchell Trubisky, you saw how, you saw how bad the Bears have been because Mitchell Trubisky can run out of the pocket. Nick yeah. Foles, he can't move. He gets Nagy, screwed. And Nagy has built the offense around how yeah. well he throws interceptions. Sean McVay came in, flipped Fisher. He catered to Jared Goff, a bunch of jet sweeps, a bunch of deception. Cliff Kingsbury comes in, caters to Kyler Murray. These are all teams that are figuring it out, but when they don't, you get guys whose careers are torpedoed because you just got Johnny Manziel running around, <laughs> running for his life every weekend. <laughs> you get the New York Jets and the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah. So, yeah. although although the Bengals, I wouldn't even blame the coaching staff. It's it's well known throughout the league and from stuff that I've read that the Cincinnati Bengals, uh, like the people who own the team, are notoriously cheap. So they're not going to get him any help, and that poor man's going to be left in Ohio to die in Cincinnati. All he's going to have is skyline chili and some cryotherapy to help feel like fix his wounds that he's going to be dealt because his O-line are just incompetent fools. But, I mean, uh, of course they're cheap. Marvin Lewis was the head coach for so long because they didn't want to pay anybody else. That's true. Yeah, he was there for like 18 years, no playoff dude, wins. I, I that also, dude was there like 10 years too long. <laughs> I was reading something too about how like a lot of these teams, it's not the fact that they can't lure these coaches. It's just that they lowball them so ridiculously bad that it's not even worth and, their time. And you get organizations like that. These coaches go in knowing that they're going to be the scapegoat. You go into yeah. the Cleveland Browns, you go into the Jets, you go into, that's why people, you were talking about this, I think two episodes ago or whatever. Nobody wants to go to the, be the Jets head coach no. because they see how bad it is. Who wants to go in and be, put their nuts on the table and just get them chopped off in a season or two because you haven't won more than three games in two years. There's only been one person in NFL history big enough or ballsy enough to do it. And then as big enough a pussy to bail out. And that was uh, Josh McDaniels from the, when he became the Colts coach for like an hour. Right. And he's like, you know what? Ah, Doug I'm Mar okay. <laughs> Doug Marone did that to to the Bills. He had like uh, two years left on his contract, and he pieced out to go coach the Jaguars. Oh god! Uh, look yeah, where he is. Yeah, look how that's working out. You know why he's there? Because Tom Coughlin's ancient ass was like, you know what? We should hire him and just. And then I think <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna, gonna even just, think Tom Coughlin's there though. I, I know. Well, that's what I'm saying. Well, yeah. Tom Coughlin convinced him, and then he burst. Doug into Marone dust was Tom Coughlin's hand puppet for a season or two. Yeah, Tom Coughlin, <laughs> Coughlin then uh, disintegrated and poured himself into uh, the Tampa <laughs> the, Bay. Uh, the freaking Bay. crypt keeper. Into the is keys. it really sad that the cons can run a better wrestling company than they can a football team? It's you know what's depressing is the fact that like I was thinking about this and this is completely different to football talk. This is actually uh, pushing us into basketball talk a little bit. But I honestly, honest to God, I don't really I like I've tried. We've talked about this how much I try to get into basketball. Yeah, I like it, but I don't like it that much. Or I'm going to sit down and watch a two hour game of dudes just dribble, 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 shoot, dribble, dribble. Yeah, no, no, it's not going to no. work that way. But one of the things that I've I've taken away from the NBA is how much I think I dislike the league and its players compared to different leagues. And I'll explain why. So there's been rumors going around, or not even rumors, but I'm assuming it's well-established already that Harden wants out of Houston and he wants to go to Brooklyn. And so what I was thinking about and how this ties into the NFL talk is that for a lot of these guys, it's like if you're Giannis Antetokounmpo and you're in Milwaukee, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and you're a free agent. You're the hot free agent, and Miami comes knocking. But he said, you know what? I'm committed to Milwaukee. It's like, what's preventing you from taking your family and just going to South Beach? You know? Right. It's like, why would I stay in Milwaukee where it's cold or South Beach in Miami? Do you get what I'm saying? So it's like when you when I think about that when it comes to like these coaches and trying to lure coaches to come like coach for their team, it's like, yeah. how do you not figure this out? Like the Chargers. Anthony Lynn is not the answer, guys. He's he's not it. But the talk is that the Chargers won't be able to bring in a really good coach because they won't pay the money. 
And it's like, bro, you already have the location. Yeah. It's Los Angeles. It's LA. You got a, a sparkly new stadium. What's what's the name of that? What's that name of the dude from the Chiefs? That's uh, supposed to be like the the coach to hire. Oh, yes. Eric Bieniemy. Eric Bieniemy. Yeah. I, I I personally want him as the Falcons. And year. honest to God, I think he might end up being the coach for the Falcons because I'm sure the Falcons yes. will actually pay him money. But like yes. when you look at you teams like L.A. or Jacksonville, it's like okay, would I rather go to Jacksonville where they pay me more, or I'd rather go to Los Angeles where it's nice and pretty and everything's nice, right. but they're going to pay me half. Do you get what I'm saying? So it's like, I don't understand how people would just... Yeah, thought just, processes are weird because then you think about schemes and they think about personnels and it's it, there's a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff, but I get what you're saying, though. Like, there's obvious advantages that certain things should have and it's like, why aren't you why aren't you bringing in... Why doesn't LA have the 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 stud coach and the stud players no matter what because we're... I guess we kind of do. I mean, why are you not, we have LeBron, why are you not AD, down Kawhi, Paul George, all in one city. Why is Spanos not on a... on a, I was about to say a bike. Why is he not on a plane going to Ann Arbor breaking down John Harbor's house like, hey, bro, get in. We're going... Oh, hey, they want to be better, all right? So, this, so oh, you know, that, they're not oh, doing geez. too well Mich- in Ann Michigan's Arbor. Just, Michigan's just doomed to be bad at everything forever. No, but like what Randy is saying, it takes a very special kind of owner to basically fork over the money. I mean, there's some guys in there that will just open up the pocketbook and just get out of the way and let the team do their thing. I The first person that immediately comes up, I, I know I'm a little biased, but it's true. The first person that immediately comes up is Arthur Blank, who's the owner of the Falcons. This dude will open up his checkbook and he will basically stay out of the way until you really, really start losing like Dan Quinn did and then he gets pissed off and he's going to fire you. But there's a couple other people like that. I mean... Not look so at, much look anymore, at, look but at the when Baltimore Jones first started. Yeah, okay, that, that's another good example. The Baltimore Ravens, the Steelers, they, these guys open up their checkbooks to their players, to the coaching staffs they want, and they back off and get out of the way. And that's how they are in literal contention every year. But it's guys who like Spanos, who's too cheap, the guys in Cincinnati who are too cheap, and you're left just kind of like flubbering around, not doing anything. It's It takes a special kind of owner to build like a winning franchise great example look at uh look at robert Kraft. that dude just backs away lets the patriots do their thing and now he has six titles if you want to look at like what it's like to be the perfect owner look at him you know i mean but guys don't do that you know what team is doing a really good job this season and i hate to even admit it the uh the raiders dude the Raiders are I, the Raiders are putting are. the Raiders are put, putting something together, man. With uh, I, I, with uh, what's it, Mike Mayock, Mayock, and then uh, John Gruden, and, uh, John, John Gruden. Gruden like, yeah. they brought in now. just football heads. They're yeah, like, dude. okay, we're gonna bring in just as many guys that have been in the game for their entire lives and are just football gurus, and they're gonna figure it out. And what they're six and three with the chance to be one. They play the Chiefs this week yeah. with a chance to a close they, the gap to one. A team they already beat once in the year. Yeah, now, do I think season. they're gonna? Do I think they're gonna beat them again? I, I, mean, I don't know, but. But like I, it almost feels like, like they they to, they sat down the ownership, which is uh, Al Davis's son, sat down in his uh what is it like his beat up nineteen ninety eight uh, Ford Astro van, and was like, you know, you know what? what, I'm just going through just going through like who was available, and like if Frank if Frank Caliendo's done an impression of them, I want them on my staff, and so that's what we've got right now with the Las Vegas Raiders, and it's working. Hey so. Chucky, hey Chucky, we're gonna we're gonna build this giant Roomba. <laughs> Out in the middle of the desert, and you're going to coach in it, okay? But, okay, but, man. But Mark Davis is another good example. Was just saying this man opened up his checkbook and gave uh, John Gruden ten years, a hundred million dollars. He's like, look, wow. I think you're yeah, the best. Before he even coached, I always forget job. how much he got. He got a. Uh, he was given a hundred million dollars. That's like Marvin I mean, Lewis. That's like a Marvin Lewis contract but with actual decent money, right? We're like the, a decent the, return. Oh yeah, like because you already know the Bengals ownership was like, look, 
I don't know if we can. I don't know if we can if we can give you the money, but we can supplement what we don't pay you in Skyline Chili. And I mean that's that's worth a lot around here. <laughs> this second Skyline Chili reference of this of the day for you. That's all I know about Cincinnati, man. Like <laughs> other than like one person I know who used to work here who moved to Cincinnati, I don't know anything about that. <laughs> I feel like that that's city. like the majority of people who just aren't in Cincinnati. I'm not even sure if people in Cincinnati have fun facts about Cincinnati. I think Cincinnati is just one of those random states or random states, random cities. Like with the, when you think of like overall franchises. Cincinnati's been around since the beginning of this. Of this, not league. even gonna lie, I forgot Cincinnati was in Ohio at one it's point. Just, it's a random place. I was running through like teams in different states. I'm like, oh yeah, and Cleveland has, or Ohio has Cleveland, the Browns. I'm like, yeah, blah, blah, blah. and then I'm like, oh wait, there's the Cincinnati Bengals too, and they're yeah. in Ohio. We're not for uh, Chris Collinsworth reminding us like every <laughs> every three weeks about how he was a receiver, and he's always like he was, he always tries to be modest about it. I'm like, all right, man, we already hear you talking enough. We yeah, get it. Specialty. Just run, just run the stupid highlight of you. How do you guys feel about his son? Like, do, do you like? I, I, I like his, his son. His, his son's good. I have his, no idea his who his son, son is. You, his son, dude. Is, I promise uh, one of the you. I, for NBC. Yeah, I promise you. You've seen his. I son. I feel like I might now that you're bringing him Dog, up. He's I, literally Chris. Collins. You know what? I, he he was. He now was you the say guy. that, I haven't even googled him. You're looking eye to eye with me. But now that you're saying he's his son and he's a, a announcer or whatever, a broadcaster. I'm picturing one guy and he looks. Like a, a young Chris Collinsworth. Literally, literally, I'm not even kidding. Yep, he's that's exactly who I thought it was. Yep, okay. He's, er- Eric, <laughs> you did see him during that uh, Clemson-Notre Dame game when Doug Flutie had a stroke trying oh, to pronounce yep. the quarterback's okay. game. Uh, his son was the guy next to Flutie. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, what's, what was his name? DJ Unglele. Like, oh, Doug Flutie. Doug Flutie, try again. See you later, bud. Somebody somebody get his tongue. Dude, every uh, sometime like so uh Chris Berman was doing the um uh the highlights for the weekend and uh Tua Tunga Wailoa was coming up and a highlight was was about to present itself and I was like, yo, I'm like, I hope Berman knows how to say his name because it's gonna Tua suck. Tua Tunga Wailoa, yeah. And then there's but the DJ Uwe Ungulele. It's like Uwe Ungulele. Yeah, something like that. Dude, I love that's one of the few things too. I think I've slowly started to realize a guilty pleasure when uh these Polynesian guys end up making it big in the NFL is uh the fat the the absolute terror these announcers have to go through oh, trying to pronounce And especially names. when you get they get dropped in your lap. I mean, it doesn't really happen too much in the NFL because obviously you know they're in the league. You can see them come up through college. But when you happen when it happens like in Clemson's, for yeah. instance, like you know, all of a sudden you have this stud QB dropped in your lap mid game and you just gotta learn how to say DJ Ungalele or whatever. Or that what was the name of that dude? <laughs> Speaking of Cincinnati, what was the name of that receiver with that long DJ Hushmanzada? Yeah, Hushmanzada. Oh god. Yeah. Oh man! Or there's there's like a few middle linebackers too that have crazy last names. There's there's a lineman star. I think he's on the he used to be on the Bills. I'm not sure if he's still there. Star Lulele or something like that. Star Lulele. Oh, Star Lulele. Yeah. yeah Lulele. Yeah. Uh, there's a there's a few. Uh, I'll tell you what, man. The only other lineage of race in the NFL that uh, has more difficult names to pronounce than the Polynesians are the goddamn Polish linebackers. They're all the Paul. Pus- God damn it. Paul Puzlesny. Paul Puzlesny. I think he was on the Bills, too, for a little bit. Now I think about it. Yeah. The, he, Paul Paul's Puzlesny. Or the dude who's currently on the uh, on the Raiders, uh, the, that linebacker from uh, from West Virginia, uh, Kwiatkowski. Yeah. there's They got like V's in there. Or Van Der Esch on the Cowboys. Van Der, yeah. Oh, that's Van Der Esch. Well, Dutch. And, and his, first, his first name is Leighton, so you know someone pronounced it like leaked in Vander Eschke or something like that the first time they saw his name. I love dude, I love these small things. Like the last names are or the fact that what's his name? Uh Robert Tunyon from the Packers Tunyon, didn't yeah. tell anyone that his name was Tunyon. Yeah. Just let everyone run with Tunyon. He's like, oh no. See, but then I think they're messing I think they're messing with people. 
because when sometimes when these like name things get going, like remember when Tyrod Taylor got it circulated about when they were doing the hard knocks with the Browns and he's like, it's actually Tarod. And everybody flipped out like, oh, my God, we've been saying it wrong. It's Tarod. Then he was heard saying it's Tyrod. I'm like, I think these players. I'm going to start telling people, my name's not actually Roberts, it's Roberts. You just, just I just didn't want to print, I, correct you guys. Like, what, I think they're just Roberts. messing, I think they're messing with the media sometimes, just trying to mess with fans, confuse people. Oh, God, this podcast has been a mess. No, this has been a whirlwind. Let's get back to stuff that's going on today in the world of the NFL. No more uh, backup QB wormholes, no more... Uh, Difficult Eastern European yeah, NFL to, linebackers. I was say this, the, the this phonetic... Is the podcast you, this is the podcast you listen to at two in the morning. This has been a whirlwind, man. Like, this has been a whirlwind. Yeah, it's fun, trying though. To figure out what to do. Bouncing. Yeah. We're like a ping pong ball just going off a of topic to topic. One last one. Roman Romanowski. Romanowski. Oh, Romanowski. Bill Romanowski. Oh, Bill, Bill Romanowski. I love Damn. that guy. He's, uh, he's also, in shout longest out to, yard. You that, said Polynesian dude. Shout out to Troy Polamau. Oh, well, apparently Tyler's not his Polynesian names either. <laughs> Polamau. Okay. <laughs> All right, week 11 in the NFL, guys. Real quick, let's run through some games because there's actually some really intriguing games going on this week. We already talked about the Thursday night game in a broader term, so let's pick it at least. Cardinals at the Seahawks to start the week. What do you guys get I think going? the Cardinals are going to win. The Cardinals just seem to be too, like, to use a term that often gets to run, they're feeling themselves right now. So it's like things just seem to be clicking, like they're, they're, they're working. And so I, I just think that right now these teams are both in just opposite uh, lines of direction while the Cardinals are on the upward uh an uphill sort of a, uh, uh, God damn it. What's the word I'm looking upward, for? Uh, upward trajectory. Trajectory. The uh, Seahawks are the exact opposite. So. Okay. I'm actually going to use what you said, but I'm going to flip it a little bit. I think the Cardinals blew their load a little bit. It's a quick turnaround, big game, big dramatic win. I'm going to pick the Seahawks at home, I think. Really? Yeah. I feel like, you know, it's hard to, it's hard know. to regroup after some of these wins sometimes. Big win at home. And then you got to go on the road to Seattle. I know it's empty. I know they don't got the 12th man there, but that's a that's a big game. And I I mean, they could pull it off. Trust me. We just we yeah. just circle Jade, DeAndre Hopkins and Kyler Murray for how long they could pull it off. But I could see Russell Milson pulling something out of his ass and and beating the, the Cardinals at home. What about you, Tyler? I'm going to actually go with the Cardinals. I think kind of to reiterate what Randy said, I think they are really feeling themselves. Plus, they just have to look back three weeks ago like we just beat these dudes. We can beat them again. And I mean, let's be real. Their first place is on the line here. First place of the division is on the line. So they could see this. Look, we win this game. We're one of the main leaders in the entire NFC. So let's just go out and get it done. I'm, I'm going to take Arizona. It's crazy how fast the narrative in Arizona has changed too. Like with the Cliff uh, Kingsbury, mm-hmm. he went from being incompetent and potentially on his way out to being like, the guy who quote unquote understands Kyler yeah. Murray. Prisoner of the moment, man. It's it's knee jerk reaction. That's a problem with social media nowadays. Everybody yeah. else has a reaction to what happened. It's just it's awful. Next game. Bulls six and three. Mm-hmm. And somebody posed a question during the Monday night football game about these Ravens. I forget who asked it. Oh, or that was me. It was you. What did you ask? Was it was is Lamar Jackson not good anymore? Do the Ravens suck? I forget how you posed it. Well, but they're playing the Titans, both six and three this week. So in the middle of the Ravens Patriots um global warming bowl. Uh, what a where, crazy game, man! Yeah, if if you don't believe global warming is a thing, watch that and tell me that's not real. There's that is an unearthly amount of water falling from the sky during. You I couldn't think, even see the players on the field, no. dude. That was absolutely insane. That I think it's more the fact that Bill Belichick has some kind of witchcraft because the second everybody left the field, the storm cleared up and it was gone, like it never happened. I'm telling you, global warming know, or stu- or the U.S. government stuff going over there. The U.S. government was like, hey, you know what? I got some money on the Pats today. Let's use that weather machine to make it rain over uh, over Gillette. But um, I uh, my question was just that, is Lamar Jackson 
I don't want to use the I don't want to use the term not good, but have people like figured him out because you remember Cam had that one breakout year. Then people fig- figured out Cam, mm-hmm. and then you have a bunch of other quarterbacks who like they have that one year where they're really something special, and then they just get figured. Teddy Bridgewater, yeah. we're not for I the fact that his knee exploded. I mean, people people kind of started to figure him out too. You know, yeah, so. I think they figured him out. I mean, you look at it, you you can only be a scrambling QB and win so many games yeah. without the throwing threat. You know, you got Patrick Mahomes is successful because he can run, and then he can also run and throw it seventy yards on the field. Lamar Jackson can run. I don't think he's throwing it more than 25 yards accurately, even 10 yards accurately on the run sometimes. But, you know, you got the Ravens stack the box, make Lamar Jackson throw it to the outsides. And I think that's what a lot of defenses are doing against them. Beat him up when he runs, bottle up Mark Ingram, who's been hurt a little bit, mm-hmm. and then make Lamar Jackson beat you with his arm, which he can't really do, I don't think. Yeah. I think a lot of people figure that out. So who are you picking, Randy? I, uh, I'm i going to pick the Ravens in a close one. I think, uh, I, I just, I don't know. I, I just feel like them losing two in a row just doesn't make, it, it's not going to happen. I think the Ravens are going to beat the Titans in a close one. I think I'm going to go with the Titans beating the Ravens. It's it's honestly a toss-up. I do think it's going to be like a, a, a field goal game, maybe a, as a time yeah. expires to to win. It'll be interesting. It'll come down to who, who makes the least amount of mistakes. I know it's really cliche to say, but you got really good defenses on both sides, right? You got Ryan Tannehill and versus Lamar Jackson. Somebody's going to throw a pick at a bad time. Can't wait. What about you, Tyler? Um, before I make my pick, I'm going to say something that I've been saying for a couple years. I don't know if I've said it to you guys yet, but I've been saying it to my dad and my brothers for a couple years. Lamar Jackson is nothing but an upgraded version of Tim Tebow. And I will stand on that hill. That doesn't make sense. He doesn't run people over and he doesn't. No, no, no. But Tim Tebow couldn't throw. That was his big knock. Is that like, okay, he he can maybe. They're like, okay, maybe he could transition to running back because he had somewhat of a like foot game, but Lamar Jackson can't throw. Okay, that's his problem. Here. So he's he can run like which Team Tebow couldn't, but he can't throw at all. All right. So, like I said, upgraded version of Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow. All right, upgraded Tyler. version of Tim Tebow. All right, Tyler. All right, Tyler. Now I'm taking it. Here's why you're stupid. Uh, <laughs> okay. Um, okay. I don't. I wouldn't. I I see what you're getting at, but I wouldn't say it's as far as to compare him to like Tebow. Uh, uh, honestly, don't get me wrong. While I do fig- while I do think people are figuring him out, by no means is that an indication that he's bad. Yeah, he's not. He's, he's not, not crap. He's not garbage. He's right now he's slated to be RG three if RG three didn't break his knees in Washington. I think I think like because you could compare him to like maybe like a Johnny Manziel where his primary tool is running, but the difference is Manziel thought he could run in the NFL and he couldn't, whereas Lamar realizes he can run and utilizes it to his to his advantage to get out of situations. The the issue is he's just got to figure out how to finish it, like finish those throws. I don't think by any means he's bad. I just think that the offense needs to start yeah, figuring needs, out some different schemes. He needs schemes. to figure out a way to get around the block now. Or the play calls need to get a little bit better. I so don't it think sounds, he's bad. So it yeah. sounds like you're picking the Titans, Tyler. Yeah, I'm actually picking the Titans. I would put money on the Titans because Baltimore's favored by six and a half, and I okay. think the Titans are going to cover. Oh, damn, okay. Okay, a little, little, little betting action. I see Tyler looking at the spreads now. Everything Tyler bets on, though, ends up being not right. So Tyler's like... Tyler's basically the equivalent of like those late night psychic people on uh, on on oh, TV. Oh, I don't like, know. Call now, call now, 1-800-555-6, $5 a minute, we'll tell you the future and your lucky numbers. We can talk to your dead aunt. Call now. <laughs> All right, let's go to your team, Randy. Packers 7 and 2 at the Colts 6 and 3. That's a that's a good one. That's, that's a, a pretty good, good game, dude. This is going to be another one of those uh, litmus tests where the uh, Packers have to actually play a competent defense and hope that we don't crap the bed. But I'm hoping I'm hoping for a good performance from 
from uh, the receivers, obviously. I mean, last game, uh, Valdez Scantling kind of kind of broke out a little bit, but also take it with the with a grain of salt because it is the Jaguars. Not to mention our defense couldn't stop a nosebleed, and the Jags nearly beat us with Jake Luton at the helm. Jake, so you guys let a punt return for a touchdown. Yeah, Jacksonville do that, which is which is just one of those things where it's like, you, you know, when you get to the point of the season where you realize that, damn it. We're probably not going to win the Super Bowl this year. Last week was that week for me. I'm not necessarily giving up on the season. I understand teams have runs and yeah. things, special things happen. But I get hung up on a Jaguars game in week 10. No, I know, I know, I know. But 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 the, well, you just said it's week 10. So it's like by now, things are supposed to start getting figured out. You're supposed to start making... It's all right. The Chiefs were down in every game of the playoffs. That, I don't know how that makes you feel better, but the, the, Chief, <laughs> the Chiefs won the, the, Chief, the Chiefs won the game. Their games. Our defense is just our defense is just not ma- figuring it out. Yeah. I, Mike Patton's got to go. The Colts. The Colts man. have a really good defense, but I do think Rodgers will be able to figure it out more than yeah. Philip Rivers against your defense. Philip yeah. Rivers. I mean, it's going to be a running game primarily yeah. for the Colts. That's what they do, and it's it's pretty much cross your fingers and hopefully Philip Rivers doesn't throw you out of the game. But yeah. I you got to take the Packers, I'm, right? I'm I'm yeah, I mean, I'm taking the Packers yeah. for sure, but I'm also kind of like leaning on the leaning on the fence of this is kind of like this is borderline or sorry, it could potentially be sad what we're witnessing with Philip Rivers right now because Philip Rivers might be getting phased out of the NFL before our very eyes. Right. Like week in and week out, sure he has like throws that are good enough to to get the game going and get the game running I'm for the still, Colts I've watched him um, like the a huge chunk of my life I've watched him play and I still can't get used to his throwing motion. Yeah, he's this like shoulder flexed how, motion how from, he like, hasn't dislocated his shoulder yet. I, I, I beyond me, wow. but but just his level of not being athletic. Shoot. Dang gomit. Dang gomit. Heck. heck. Talking smack. 8-4, you trash. Hey, dang dang gomit. Hey. Another uh, flopper. So yeah. Anyways, I'm taking the uh, my my Packers. I'm taking the Packers the, too. The what do you got, Tyler? I'm gonna take the Colts. The Colts are flying high Ooh. because they. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. They I'll were the thing. on in that last Thursday night game. It was them and the Titans first place on the line, and the Colts went into Nashville and punched the Titans in yeah. the mouth. They've had a lot of time to prepare. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I'm gonna I'm gonna take the Colts. Colts are at home. I think that I think they have a couple people inside their stadium, so that yeah, might I think play a little I bit. Think of factor. I think All they have like 1,200 people. people Maybe twelve hundred or so people. I'm just gonna yeah, bank. I'm, I'm gonna banking play. off of what Eric said about the um, uh, about the, the the was it the Cardinal Seahawks game that it's hard to follow up a big win like that. True. So I'm just hoping that that See, had, that of, happens with the kind Colts. of opposite ends of the spectrum because they had a the Colts had a week and a half since their big big game. Yeah. The Cardinals had like five days. So yeah. whatever. All right. So two more games, real quick, before we get out of here. Chiefs at Raiders. I don't know if you guys saw this weird little narrative going around in the NFL this week. But apparently the Chiefs are pissed because when the Raiders did beat the Chiefs back in week one, it's the only loss of the season for the Chiefs, 8-1 and one on the year, 9-1 and one on the year, I think, whatever. Yeah. Whatever the math is, they've lost one game. Back in week five when the Raiders did beat them at home in KC, Yeah. apparently the bus took a victory lap around the stadium, That's around so Arrowhead. <laughs> and so apparently, apparently Andy Reid didn't forget because he was talking about it during media availability this week. He's, and then John Gruden was like, yeah, well, it was an honorary whatever bus driver. So there's a little bit of a bulletin board material back and forth going on between the teams. AFC West, not completely out of the picture for the Raiders if they win this game. I I love this, man. I, I love the idea of an ongoing rivalry yeah. between the Raiders and the Chiefs. Dude, it was the first time the Raiders beat the Chiefs in, in KC in like 15 years or like 10 years or something like that. Because Andy Reid... an old school rivalry, too. Yeah. So and, I, and I love that, though, because it doesn't look like Andy Reid's going anywhere. 
And we already yeah, know Andy Reid's just got extended through 2025. John Gruden not going anywhere. got his 10-year contract. So these are guys that are going to get a lot of each other for the next handful of years. I love this. Patty this Mahomes there for 10 more years. Like this is these are these are heads clashing. People, so what do we what do we got this week? People underestimate Derek Carr, and I've said it from the beginning. Do Derek Carr is not as bad as people think he is. Am I the only one that wants to pick an upset here? I think the Raiders are going to beat them. I do. I kind of feel like it, man. I I want to put money on John Gruden just because John Gruden likes to pull like pull off some crazy stuff, and I want to go on the limb, and I kind of want to. I feel, I think I'm going to say it. I, I think the Raiders I, gonna I beat figured, the Chiefs. I forgot once you once you're able to unlock the secret as to how to beat Mahomes. That it doesn't not much has to change in your playbook, like you're like I don't think Mahomes is going to revamp everything. The Chiefs are going to revamp a whole lot. If the Raiders can play their game, the game they played earlier in the year, I think I right. think they can they can. It is hard to beat a team dub. twice in one year, though. It but is. We're both picking the Raiders. What are you picking, Tyler? Uh, knowing that bulletin board material, I'm picking Chiefs by a yeah. million. No, I know, and it's probably gonna how it's gonna play out. Just because I feel like I want little, the Raiders to win. I feel though. a little chesty right now. I'm like, dude, I'm gonna be on. I want to put it on tape. I'm gonna pick the Raiders. I'll make a graphic that way when it does blow up in our face and the yeah the, the Chiefs beat beat them by thirty. Yeah, me and Randy will look like uh, idiots, and Tyler will get a correct. That's gonna be bad. Is if we pick the Raiders to win and they lose, and Tyler gets a correct pick out of well, it. Well, I got a correct pick last week that I got no respect on when I said Colts by fourteen. Everyone laughed at me. I, okay, I said Titans by 10, chat. and Titans got their ass yeah, well, kicked. So. And I was right. Anyways, my game yeah, of the week. That's what happens when we don't record a podcast because, you know, <laughs> somebody had a day off. Rams, Buccaneers, Monday Night Football. Oh, this is this is a big uh, one. NFC. I don't, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm, I'm seven and three Buccaneers, six and three Rams. I'm confused by the National Fraud Conference because when it comes to the NFC, everybody is still convinced that the Bucks are the team. Like they are the top of the NFC. But, but they've they had just some got a, stinkers, man. Dude, but they got obliterated by the Saints. Because that's how they, they've had this game on, game off kind of thing all season long. But they had the letdown game against the Bears. They lost to the freaking Bears. And Dumb then they Bears. came back and beat your Packers the next week. Yeah. And now they lost to the that. Saints. And then, albeit they they lost, they beat the Panthers the next week. But they put up 46 on the Panthers. I think, I think if they follow their game plan, the same one they established with the Panthers, they can beat the Rams. Yeah. And that, and that is... Hey, maybe we shouldn't have Brady throw, I don't know, 85% of the time because our running game is pretty decent. Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette, they're not scrubs. Those two guys are certainly yeah, not Ronald chunks. Jones run for like 140 yards or Dude, something. Dude, he, 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 he had a 90 had a yard, run. yard run. Oh, that's right. That's and right. That, was a, that was a nice run too. And so, and so it's like, I think if Tampa Bay can finally realize that, hey, you know what? Maybe we should acknowledge the fact that Brady isn't as young as, we, as we'd like him to be. Maybe we shouldn't just rely on him throwing the ball. We have a run game. Let's use it. Tom Brady has picked apart the Rams defense once in his career already. That's true. So let's but, uh, okay, think but about that. But it is because of that that I'm actually going to pick the Rams Ooh. because I'm telling you right now, Jared Goff, Sean McVay, Aaron Donald, those dudes have not forgotten the Super Bowl two years ago. And they know who is the quarterback of the Bucks. And they want their revenge. I'd be Granted, mad if I'm the Buccaneers and they're Buccaneers fans. Like you get you get got because they're pissed at Tom Brady. I mean, look, Aaron Donald. I don't want to piss that dude off. Do you want to piss that guy off? That's why I don't play Jeez. professional football. Right. Yeah, for, right. yeah, you would. So who are you picking, that. Randy? Did you say? I'm uh, I'm gonna go ahead and pick the uh, pick the Bucks. And finally, <laughs> guys, the cherry on top of our pickapalooza here, just for ish and gigs, the 0-9 Jets. Versus the two and seven Chargers in Los Angeles. The Jets are going to get their first. You win. think so? I think so too. I think the Jets are going to get their that, first. And win. that's what gets Anthony Lynn fired. Maybe 
But finally, I think that's what gets him fired. You you lose to the Jets at home. I think that's the the. I think that's the straw that broke the camel's back. If yeah. I mean, if it happens, but I think it will happen. I think I think the Jets are finally going to pull a, a dub out of their Joe ass. Flacco starting. Yeah, no. I, I think no. I think I honest to God believe that the Jets are going to beat the Chargers, and it's this is going to be like this is like you said this is going to be the the tipping point that gets Lynn out of there and gets Jim Harbaugh to be the uh, coach of uh, Los Angeles Chargers. Again, they want to upgrade a coach. I don't know why you keep bringing in the guy who can't figure it out in Ann Arbor anymore, but whatever. What do you Look, got, Tyler? He's the man. I got... I, I like got khakis. I'm wearing khakis. Uh, oh, God. I, I Tyler, Tyler can't find a pair of khakis that fits him, so that's why he's mad. I don't like khakis in general, so I don't even Dude, know Those things I would look like they're, they're you're wearing leggings on you, Tyler. Oh, I know. God. Okay, anyways, back to the game. <laughs> um, I got the Chargers just because... Could it be a trap game and could the Jets win? Absolutely. I could see it happening. But Herbert slings it the ball so well, and that Jets defense is utter garbage. I I can't see the Jets like winning. I, I every I quarterback, Herbert. every quarterback has a bad game. Herbie's been too good for too long this year. I think he's I got, he's he's I bound to have one bad game. I, I got Chargers by 14. I'm not gonna lie. I think, it's be, I think it's because Tyler has Herbie as his uh, fantasy quarterback. Oh, that's probably why. I, I do. No, no, I do. But he, like, I've seen the Chargers. But let's games. also he keep in mind throw. there's a reason why Tyler has, like, a combined four wins in both the fantasy leagues. Every he's league he's in, yeah. Look, 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 look. Are you guys done? Are you guys done over there? <laughs> <laughs> I'll pick in the Chargers. This was a wild episode. We fell down a QB, backup QB wormhole. We had a few, like, linguistic lessons in, in, in NFL linemen and linebacker names, it was a, it was a pretty fun one. This was a, sort of an off week. We're all just really tired. Yeah, it's a, we we can't wait for Thanksgiving break to be honest. Yeah. So before we get out of here, make sure to follow the show. I don't think I've plugged the Tailgaters Instagram in a while. If I have, I don't remember doing it in one of the any of the previous episodes. But make sure you're following the show on Instagram at Tailgater Sports. We like to shoot the ish. We like to trash talk everybody, poke fun at Tyler and all his Falcons misery. Wait a minute. Tyler, I'm going to give you five seconds because we're on our way out here. We're up against it. The Falcons play the Saints this week. And yes, Jameis Winston is playing for the damn Saints. Okay, give me your I'll give you 15 words about this game. Okay, 15 words. Jameis sucks because LASIK eye surgery didn't work. Falcons win. There we go. I think he did that in 11. Wow. Okay. All right. You know what? I'm not entirely up against that pick. James Winston does some crazy things on the football field, so that's not entirely. We gotta off the run wall the table and finish at ten and six. Let's go, baby! All right, that's yeah. enough. All See right. you guys next week. Follow us on Instagram <laughs> at Tailgater Sports. Peace out, everybody.